Hello and welcome to Journal Sessions on the Bold Love Podcast with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. Journal Sessions is a weekly podcast that features a look inside Pastor Bob's journal on the things that he is thinking deeply and praying deeply about, among some stories along his journey. And on this episode of Journal Sessions on the Bold Love Podcast, Pastor Bob talks about the difference between a populist leader and an influential kingdom leader. Take a listen. We're living in a time right now where there's many populist authoritarian leaders that are being swept into power. And there's a lot of reasons for that. The biggest reason a populist comes into power is because of instability, confusion, a crisis, or there's uncertainty and change that is taking place faster than people have the ability to process it and to think about what's going on deeply. So that opens the door for somebody to be a Messiah and to really jump in. Jesus was the Messiah, but he was no populist. Listen to how he described leadership. In Matthew 20, beginning in verse 20, it says, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. And he said to her, What do you desire? She said to him, Say that in your kingdom these two sons of mine shall sit, one at your right, and the other on your left. Jesus replied, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? They said to him, we're able. (laughs) Listen to their confidence. They don't even know what they're being asked to do. Hey, we can do it, Jesus. He said to them, my cup you will drink, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. Now, when he says, you will drink my cup, they're going to die as martyrs, ultimately. And after hearing this, the other 10 disciples became indignant with the two brothers. Now, they're probably upset that they didn't think of it first. I mean, here is a moment. Come on, let's get the positions. Jesus called them to himself, and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles domineer over people, those in high position exercise authority over them. It's not to be this way among you. Whoever wants to become prominent among you shall be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That's not leadership by a populist, but it is by a Messiah. I mean, you're going to be a servant. You're going to humble yourself. You're going to exalt others. That's not a populist leader. It's the opposite of that. We've been called to leadership. Let me be clear about this. God expects us to lead. And leadership is real. There's offices in the church. There's there's authority in the church. So we shouldn't have run away from leadership. The question is not, should there be leaders in the church, here's the real question. What is a leader in the church? And here Jesus says, a leader is not someone for whom other people serve and they lord it over people, but just the opposite. The leader is the one who serves and doesn't lord it over people. Wow, what a leader. We see this in countries in a world that's unstable. And and you can just Google it. Global populist leaders, all these names will pop up, and you can read all about them. 
This is not the first time this has happened in history. It happens throughout history. And are you ready for this? Global government populist leaders attract other populist leaders. First of all, they build a community within themselves. I mean, look at how the global populist leaders are all buddies with one another. Just look at it. It's fascinating. But here's what's sad. People outside of government begin to look at that as a model for what leadership ought to be. And it's a horrible mistake. So you see it in business. You see it in education. Uh, you see it in all kind of arenas. And I'm sorry to say, you even see it in the church. We call them celebrity pastors. And yeah, there's a lot of celebrity pastors. But there's also something called populist pastors. And sometimes there's not a difference between a celebrity pastor and a populist pastor. Sometimes there is. But they come pretty close to the same thing. They have platforms, they have lots of followers, and they're worshipped. Think about that. That's what describes a celebrity and a populist. And a lot of you young pastors go, yeah, that's right. You tell them, Bob. Hey, guys, some of you pastors that have churches of 100 or 200, you ain't no different. It's that church. It's that congregation. You're their celebrity pastor. So it's not a matter of how many followers you've got. All of us have a propensity towards this. Let me give a few little differentiators between a celebrity pastor, if I could, not a celebrity pastor, but a populist. Fix that, Josh. Let me help you understand the difference between a populist leader versus an influential leader. There really are two different things. A populist leader, you may say, well, don't they both influence? Yeah, in a way, but a populist leader is very different than somebody who leads by influence versus somebody by power and people. Here it is. A populist leader focus is on the people. An influential leader in the kingdom, the focus is on God. You see the leader in the populist leader. You see that leader. But in the kingdom of God, you see God. If you see the leader more than you see God, you don't have a kingdom leader. You have a populist leader. Suhail Khan is a friend of mine. He's a Muslim. He's a Republican. And I ask his permission to quote him on this. He's a political operative in a lot of ways. He's, he's, he's been a lobbyist, uh, works with Microsoft, uh, a very significant young man. I love him a lot. But I remember Suhail telling me one time, he's worked on campaigns for various uh, people. He's a Republican. He was telling me, he said, you know, Bob, most politicians don't lead parades. They don't have original ideas. They don't have movements. What they do, they find somebody else's ideas or movements, and they co-opt them, and they get out in front. I'll let that sink in. A leader that's truly an influential leader is not focusing on where the people are, who are the people, what are they saying, what are they doing? They're focusing on God. 
and they're not looking to try to be a leader. Man, there's so many people. Title is so important. I remember there was a professor that that was very old when I went to seminary in my early 20s. And it's the reason I don't. I've got a doctor's degree, but I don't like it plastered everywhere. I remember Kyle Guy saying, guys, when you get your doctor's degree, don't put it on your title. People will know if you know something or not. That always stuck with me. You know, a populist leader, it's about the title. It's about the recognition. It's about the authority. It's about me, 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 me. Look at who I am and look at what I've got going on. Whereas the leader in the kingdom of God, man, he's a servant. He's debasing himself. He's putting himself down. He's bowing down. It's not about them. There's so much of a difference between the global uh, gigachurch pastors that I see around the world versus the 2,000 megachurch pastors in America. 2,000 or more is a megachurch. A gigachurch is 10,000 or more. Most people would never know who those gigachurch pastors are. They're humble. They're kind. And I ask some of them are jerks, but the ones who have been infected, in, impacted or infected by American Christianity, there's a difference. Here's the second thing. A populist leader in the world is established and sustained by people. Whereas an influential leader in the kingdom of God is established and sustained by God. They've already learned that they've got to decrease so that he can increase. And so the impact of that is that their goal is to stand in such a way that they're obeying God and not popularity polls. I remember a pastor, a very prominent pastor I knew, speaking at a conference, and he talked about the controversial pulpit, and he said, don't say anything controversial about anything if you want to grow your church. Well, that would be disobedience to an influential leader who's a kingdom leader because they've been established by God. They're sustained by God. They're going to be, they're going to be obedient to God versus that populist leader who has to be perfect in the eyes of the people that he's leading or she's leading. They can't be questioned. Uh, they're, they're, there's no pushback. They have no flaws in the populist leader. I was in a room full of preachers not long ago, and we were on our knees praying, and it was a powerful prayer time, a profound prayer time. I mean, we were sobbing and weeping and calling out to God. And I heard this guy begin to pray, and he was praying a Trinitarian prayer. Father God, who created us, we love you, holy God, Trinity, three in one. Father, we bow before you, Jesus, Redeemer of our souls, Son of God, Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. It was the most incredible, majestic prayer I've heard probably in 50 years. It reminded me of some of the old prayers I would hear as a little boy when I would pray with my dad with other preachers. I thought, who is that praying? And I committed a sin. I looked up to see who it was, and I was stunned. I didn't recognize the guy's voice. It was a very prominent young pastor. A young pastor, frankly, who's shy, who's quiet. I was stunned. 
by the majesty of God that he prayed over that broom. I was just, no wonder God's using that young man who is an introvert. <laughs> I was around him for several days. Now, he ain't doing none of the stuff he's supposed to do to grow a big church. What's wrong with him? Well, he was established and sustained by God, and he had to be sustained. Because, man, he was going through holy hell at his church. Populist leaders are held up by populist followers who hit likes on social media, who promote them, say, oh, this is right. And if somebody challenges them, they freak out, not, not, this, not this guy not an influential kingdom leader. First and foremost, they're committed to God. And you'll know a populist leader from an influential leader because a lot of them wind up, honestly, with a lot of followers in space. But where you'll know the difference is, is when the arrows start coming. When the arrows start coming, the influential leader will be sustained by God, even though it's hard, and people will see the courage that they have, and they'll watch that person come under attack, but they will not act like the world. They will not defend themselves. They will not make all these public statements. They will not trash their enemies. They will not blame it on the media. They will not blame it on social media. They will not blame it on the other tribe. No. A populist leader is driven by issues. That's the third thing. They need a crisis. They need something that's wrong to say, they're the enemy. We've got to take them down, people. An influential leader is driven by the values of the kingdom of God. They're steady. So it doesn't matter if a crisis is present or not. They're acting the same way in a crisis that they did before the crisis. And they're going to come out of the crisis the same way they went into the crisis living by the values of the kingdom of God. I was with another pastor not long ago. He was deeply involved in refugees. What a voice they were for refugees in 2010 and 2012 and 2014 and 2015. All of a sudden, 2015, refugees became a political volleyball for political parties and a lot of people shut up that were Christians. Christians, by the way, don't forget, are the ones who've been the biggest drivers of caring for refugees of anyone in this country. But all of a sudden, when it became a political basketball or volleyball, man, people ran for cover. But this guy, he stayed consistent. And we went through that season, and we've come out, and we're reaching refugees again. And they didn't change their voice before. They didn't change it after. Why? Because they were driven by the values of the kingdom. Matthew 25 was not relevant based on what populist people were saying to get something they wanted. The next thing about a populist versus an influential leader, a populist leader is elevated and they cancel voices and people that are based on tribal issues, trash them. Whereas a servant leader, an influential leader, listens to all those voices with a focus on the kingdom of God. One, it's my people. This is what we've got to do. The influential leaders, it's we people. 
the people of God. One lead saying, thus saith the populist leader. The influential leader says, thus says God in his word. This is how we live, and this is what we do in kindness and in love. Uh, a populist leader has to trash people. They have to become un unkind and, and harsh, not gentle, angry, not kind. They have to depend upon the methods of the world to get their agenda across. Guys, listen, when you see somebody in the name of God being hateful, mean-spirited, unchristlike, and saying, it's okay, it's not okay. When you have to cease to act like Jesus— to see the agenda of Jesus be brought forth, forth in the world. You've lost the kingdom. Only a populist leader can justify, I'm standing up for God, and I've got to be willing to contend for the faith. I agree. But who says you have to get hateful to contend for the faith? No, you contend for it in a gracious and in a kind way. And that's what causes those who disagree with us to listen. A populist leader, they are the movement. They are the focus. Whereas an influential leader, they live beyond that. It's the idea. It's Jesus. The, the movement is on the people and the focus of what God's called them to do, not the leader. Guys, let me tell you something. If you're going to be an influential leader in the kingdom of God, uh, you're not bigger than your church. You're not bigger than the ministry. You're not bigger than the people of God. You're not bigger than God. One of the problems is you've just gotten too big. Ego, elevation, autocracy, being untouchable, it doesn't work. I love Psalm 78. I remember seeing this as a young pastor. So I was reading through the Bible one year. Psalm 78, uh, verse 70 says, He chose David his servant, took him from the sheepfolds, from the care of the ewes with nursing lambs. He brought them to, to shepherd Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with skillful hands. I want you to stop and think about this. When I read that, what I used to always say, okay, God, let him work really hard caring for sheep, learning to how to do all that so that he could have integrity and skill. There it is, right? Yeah, that's true. Something else hit me when I was reading this recently. When Nathan comes to David to challenge him because he slept with Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, and he challenges David because he knows that David has killed Uriah, basically, in order to justify the affair with Bathsheba and have the illegitimate son. He comes and tells him the story of a rich man who stole the only little lamb from a poor man. Why does he do that? Because it's not just skill and shepherding that he learned. He's, he's drawing the picture of a shepherd that loves the sheep, that cares for the sheep. They know his name. He, he's appealing to the pastoral nature of David's heart.
And he knew that would get through to David more than anything else. And it did. It did. See, the, the idea that we do what we do because we love other people. And that movement is not about elevating the platform of a leader in that movement. By the way, guys, we're all here temporary. I'm 65. There is nothing I do these days that I'm not thinking about, okay, who's going to come into this spot? Nonstop. I believe God's going to give me a long life. I believe, honestly, he's created me for old days. Now, I could be wrong about that. I could be gone tomorrow. Who knows? But I know this that's critical. There is nothing that I do. And God opens up significant doors that, that I walk through. And I'm constantly thinking, who's going through this door with me? I think it's critical that we realize that we may be a leader, but we are not the movement. But man, it's all about that leader. And when that leader dies, the movement dies. Here's the next thing about a populist versus an influential leader. The closer you get to a populist leader, the more toxic it becomes. You see people quit. You see fallout. You hear horror stories. And not just one or two. It's tons of them. The closer you get to an influential leader, the more there is. So get close to a populist leader, not as great as you thought they were. They're not near that much. They're, they're shallow. They're nothing like that. An influential kingdom leader? Oh, my gosh, there's more there. This morning as I was reading through the scriptures, I, I read this in uh, 1 Kings 10. Listen to this. Now, this is uh, the Queen of Sheba, and she's coming in to, uh, to visit with Solomon. And everybody wants to meet Solomon. And so everybody wants to meet so Solomon. So here's what she says. She came in and said to the king, I did not believe the stories until I came. And with my own eyes, I saw it all. And behold, the half of what was reported to me, you have exceeded in wisdom and prosperity. The report which I heard. Blessed be your men. Blessed be these servants. Blessed be the Lord your God. I, I like the way she says, the half of it was not reported to me. I wrote in my Bible just to remember this, the kind of leader we should all be. There is more to us as people get to know us, not less to us. I, I know that there's a lot of times we get close to people. We think they must be incredible. We've all been there. And we get around that person and we go, wow, uh-uh. There's not nearly as much to that person. And then there's other people we get around and we go, wow. I don't mean to embarrass him, but I'm in a pastor's covering group, Pastor John. What amazed me as I got to know Pastor John is how much more there was to him. He's not a real loud man. He's not a braggadocious man. He's a very humble man. But you look at the ministry. Look at the people he's connected to. You look at the issues that he is involved in. There is always more to that man that I'm discovering, not less than. And I ain't going to use any names. There's a lot of people I've been around. I thought, boy, they're just nothing but a bunch of fluff and hype. 10-gallon hat, all hat, no cowboy. That's what we say in Texas. 
Here's the final thing I'd say. A populist leader, they're a product of their time. They really don't have much value outside of the time that they lead. An influential kingdom leader, they transcend their time. They're living by the values of the kingdom. And the values they live by, the story they live by, a lot of times they wind up giving their life. And that message just resonates again and again and again. Abraham Lincoln was that kind of a leader. His life lived beyond his biological life. There was a message to his life. He had intellectual capacity. He becomes president, frankly, when no one else wants to do it. And then he dies at the beginning of his second term. But many people believe, and I'm one of them, I've read biographies on a lot of our presidents, especially the early presidents and Lincoln and a few others. When you live your life willing to die for what you believe in, lose your platform, lose your credibility, live by integrity, keep your sharp mind, my word, God will use you. I'm sad that we think in order for God to use us today, we've got to have social media, we've got to have big platforms, we've got to be promoted, we've got to push, we've got to be these influencers. That's not how the kingdom works. The kingdom works by people who die to themselves, that obey Christ, that discipline themselves, that sharpen their minds, that deepen their hearts that obey courageously whatever Christ calls them to do, knowing that they may lose it all. But in losing everything that people would say is important and matters, you wind up changing the world. I was in a room full of pastors a while back ago. Well, small room of pastors. And what they had in common was there's this particular issue. And they have all paid a price for that issue. It's cost them church members. It's cost them credibility. Some of them have even cost them their church. But it's amazing to see, though they may have lost a platform or followers or this or that, how in the eyes of other people, it's increased their respect, their admiration, their credibility for when they speak. Hey, young pastor, listen to me. I am convinced God is going to take you through hard times, not to destroy you, but to prepare you, to strengthen you, to endure so that you can lead to something far beyond yourself for something that impacts eternity that allows you to influence those that God has given you to shepherd to make an eternal difference. Here's the reality. A hundred years from now, most of us won't be remembered. Those that are remembered, it'll just be a little sentence. But those who live by the values of the kingdom, whether you get a sentence or not, that's what we hand down to the next generation that was handed down to us, that goes to Paul, that goes to Jesus. 
that allows the kingdom of God courageously to extend through every generation. Be an influential leader, not a populist. Extend the kingdom, not yours, if you want to make an eternal difference. Thank you so much for joining us for journal sessions with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. on the Bold Love Podcast. If you were impacted by this conversation, we would like to ask a favor. First, if you found this episode impactful, please share it on social media and recommend it to a friend. Second, like most podcasts, we are able to make these impactful conversations happen with support from partnering organizations and individuals like you. If you felt led to support these type of conversations, you can do so now and give at support.boldlovepodcast.com. Whether it's a single gift or a monthly donation, we are so thankful for you. For more information on this podcast, show notes, and any other references, you can go to boldlovepodcast.com to get all the information there. We appreciate you joining us. And remember on the Bold Love Podcast, we encourage you to live out your faith boldly, learn how to better love your neighbor, and learn how to relate to others despite your differences without compromising your faith. See you next time.